Hey guys, it's Jeffrey Delappy here, and today on the Sports Kid Podcast, I'm going to be going through my Week 17 NFL predictions. Now, as for last week, I obviously was not here, I didn't do a podcast for you guys, so I'm going to wish you all a belated Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to everyone, and I hope you're all looking forward to the new year. Even though I was sick and I didn't do a podcast last week, I still, of course, input my picks into ESPN and did them. And my record last week was 8-8. Eight and eight. Not the best, not the worst, it's 500. And I'm going to strive to do better this week. And it's a lot of fun now, looking at the playoff picture. We kind of know who's there, what needs to happen for everybody to get in. We even have a couple of divisions locked up. We're going to talk about all that today as we get into it. But before I do that, I want to talk about some of the best games of Week 16. Starting out with my third best game of Week 16, I had it as the Dolphins beating the Cowboys 22-20. to This game was close. It was, you know, between two divisional front runners that are trying to lock up their divisions, the Dolphins and Dallas. I'd picked the Cowboys to win, so I didn't get this right. It would have climbed the list even further if there was more offense. I kind of feel like we were robbed of a little bit of offense. You know, Tyree Kill was coming back for his first game back from injury. The Cowboys, I feel like, could have used the run game better against Miami's defense. But here we look at the 22-20 scoreboard. Not exactly as advertised, so I had it a little bit lower. But at the end of the day, the Dolphins come out with the win, and they now have the ability to control their own destiny this week. If they win, they win the AFC East for the first time in over a decade. As for the Cowboys, because of this loss, they fall a game behind Philly and lose out on that lead in the NFC East. So they got some catching up to do. At the number two spot, I put the Lions beating the Minnesota Vikings by a score of 30-24. to I went with the underdog here. I thought that the Minnesota Vikings could get it done, and they almost did. Um, Nick Mullins was starting for the second consecutive week. He had a lot of interceptions, and of course the most costly one came on the final drive where he was throwing about a 35-yard pass to Justin Jefferson in the end zone, telegraphed it, and gave the defensive back plenty of time to jump right in front of JJ and get the game ceiling interception. So kind of a bummer for him. I think he surpassed 400 passing yards, but that was also outweighed by his many interceptions. And the Vikings, because of this, they're turning to Jaron Hall this week. Nick Mullins has lost his starting job. And the Lions win the NFC North for the first time since I was born. That's pretty cool. Thought it deserved the number two spot. The number one spot was a game that none of you guys, including myself, thought would be as entertaining as it was. Admittedly, I was doing some Christmas Eve stuff, so I did not see the entirety of this game, but I saw the end of it, and I saw Chad Ryland's game-winning kick to beat the Denver Broncos, and it is, of course, the Patriots beating the Broncos 26-23. to Another one that I got wrong, got a lot wrong this week, got eight wrong, this is one of them, but it was so entertaining. Low-scoring first half, the Broncos went into half up 7-3, to neither offense doing a whole lot, missed field goals on both sides, then the Patriots come out with an intensity in the third quarter. They build a two-score lead, and the only bummer is that Chad Ryland, you know, I just told you, he hit the game-winning field goal, he did miss an extra point, which eventually allowed the Broncos to make their uh, double-digit comeback in the fourth quarter and tie the game, but then... Patriots, when I turned this game back on, I did watch some of the highlights, but when I turned it back on, they had the ball with about a minute to go at their own 20-something yard line. 
And, you know, they're running the ball, doing short passes, I think trying to wind the clock and get to overtime. But Sean Payton is overly aggressive for the Denver Broncos and starts using his timeouts, saving the clock for the Patriots. I always say, you don't use your timeouts unless you have to. If they want to send it to overtime, they're in no position to score. Don't give them a chance to do that. But Sean Payton did. They started going up tempo. They had a beautiful pass to, I forget who it was, but that got them onto the opposing side of the field and eventually set up a long field goal for Chad Ryland, which he nailed. Very confusing quarterback. He misses an extra point the quarter before, but then he hits a 50-something yard field goal for the win. And it was just too crazy to um, not put it number one. The lasting effects of this one is the Patriots kind of lose out on that draft position. Number one pick right now is held by Carolina, which would go to the Bears, but they have two wins. The Patriots now at four wins are essentially out of the number one pick race. And for the Broncos, Russell Wilson, it seems like his tenure in Denver is done. They are benching him, and it seems like in an effort to save contract money, I guess they want him out as quarterback, and this is the first step in that process. So, a crazy game in Denver Spoiled Christmas and a very Grinch-like affair did the Patriots and Bill Belichick for them and their fans. And hopefully the Grinch does not come for other teams as we gear up and get ready to talk about Week 17. Now, Thursday Night Football was last night. I know I'm a little bit late with this. Got a little bit busy. And that was my Jets taking on the Cleveland Browns. I did pick the Browns. I have evidence of that I mean I picked it in ESPN it was a pretty straightforward pick even though Amari Cooper didn't play the Browns got the win over my Jets pretty handily the defensive effort was absolutely dreadful we forced some turnovers but the tackling was not there the pass rush was not there we could not get to Joe Flacco and they put up 34 points in the first half and that pretty much you know set the tone for the rest of the night and it was way too much for Trevor Simeon and this Jets offense to overcome and now getting into the first of the games remaining here in Week 17, it's going to take place tomorrow night. We have a fun Saturday night game in the NFL, and it's a good one, folks. It's the Lions at the Dallas Cowboys. Give me the Cowboys here. They are a bit of an anomaly. They play two different styles of football depending on where they are. They're undefeated at home this year, yet they have a losing record on the road this year. And I foolishly picked them to win on the road last uh, last week. So I'm riding with them as the home team against the Lions. The Cowboys, like I mentioned before, they are in a race for the NFC East. Trying to get the best of the Eagles and win it. They split the head-to-head series. Right now the Cowboys record stands at 10-5 uh, and five, and the Eagles are 11-4. and four. They do hold the tiebreaker, the Cowboys. So as long as they win out and the Eagles lose one of their final two, they get in. As for the Lions, they've already wrapped up their division. I think that they're going to have a somewhat more conservative mindset to just stay healthy and get ready for the postseason as they will be hosting their first game regardless of what happens. So I expect the Cowboys to get it done. Second game of the week, first Sunday 1 o'clock game. It's an AFC South battle between the Titans and Texans. I'm going to ride with the Texans here. The Texans are finally getting back their quarterback. C.J. Stroud is out of concussion protocol, and I'm sure that he is pumped. I mean, he completely controlled the narrative of this team against what everybody thought was possible. Had them in position to make the playoffs, then he goes down against the Jets. They lose that game. 
They lose again last week. All of a sudden, they've lost two out of three. Now they're fighting for their playoff lives. I have to believe that they're going to come out and get it done against a Titans team that has nothing to play for. Nothing but draft position. They're eliminated with a record of 5-10. and 10. And on top of this, even when the Titans were in contention, two weeks ago these teams played, and the Texans came out on top in overtime to get the win. And I just want to take a deep or look into the Texans' playoff possibilities before we move on to the next game. Texans right now are 8-7. and seven. They're in a jumble of 8-7 and seven teams right now. And just based on tiebreakers, they would be out of the wildcard picture. Then they're also still in play to win their AFC South division. Them, the Jaguars, the Colts, all three teams sit at a record of 8-7. and seven. And with no Trevor Lawrence for the Jaguars, which we'll talk about coming up shortly, the division is still open for them. So this is a big game that they need to win. I think they're going to do it. Next up on the slate here is the Atlanta Falcons at the Chicago Bears. Bit of a surprise here to some, but I'm taking the Chicago Bears to win. Justin Fields, as the season has gone on, he has gotten hotter and better. And technically, the Bears still have something to play for. They are still two games back of a wildcard spot with two games to go. And if the cards and chips fall their way, they could land themselves in a playoff spot with a losing record. But it starts with getting this must-win game, which I think they're going to do. Another big part of why I think that the Bears are going to be able to do this at home is that they're averaging over 26 points per game at home. Hard number to overcome. I don't think that the Falcons' offense has that capability. The one thing that I will commend the Falcons on is they finally made the obvious move of putting Taylor Heineke into the game instead of Desmond Ritter. Heineke came out, he did his job, 229 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions to beat the Colts last week, but that was at home, where the Falcons actually performed quite well in their dome, but now they're going to have to go up north into cold, windy Chicago. Their road record this season, only 2-5, and five. I don't have much confidence in those numbers, don't have much confidence in anybody but Bijan Robinson and, and Heineke on that Falcons offense, so... I think the Bears are going to get the win on home soil. After that, ladies and gentlemen, we are gearing up for the game of the week. The Dolphins are taking a trip slightly north to Baltimore to play the Baltimore Ravens in a game that could decide the number one seed. Right now, the Dolphins' record stands at 11 wins and uh, 4 losses, and the Ravens' record currently stands at 12 wins and 3 losses, two of the best teams in football, and it's going to be massive to see who wins this, because if the Dolphins win, they would both have 12 wins, and the Dolphins would jump the Ravens, because hey, they just beat them head-to-head, which is the easiest of all tiebreakers, and they would be poised to be a number one seed. But if the Ravens win, they not only solidify themselves over the Dolphins for that number one seed, they would clinch beyond any reasonable doubt. All they have to do is win this one game, and they're there as the number one seed and get that first round by. Now, my pick, it's going to be with the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, I had doubts of what they could do on Christmas Day against the San Francisco 49ers. They were going up against Brock Purdy, the MVP odds-on favorite, and they destroyed him. They really did. They forced... 
Four interceptions did that defense against him. Lamar Jackson had a field day putting up over 30 points by that offense. He was hitting Isaiah Likely, Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham Jr., the resurged wide receiver. This is just an all-around crazy team. And I think the most admirable aspect of this team that other teams, like the Jets, could learn from is they prepared for injuries. They have overcome adversity. You look at Mark Andrews, a top five tight end. He goes down a couple weeks ago. Isaiah likely steps up, and he is doing masterful work week after week. 60 yards, 78 yards, easy. You look at the running back, J.K. Dobbins, who suffered his second season-ending injury in the last three years. Guess what? The Ravens were prepared for it, and they have Gus Edwards, who has over 10 touchdowns as a backup running back this year completely flipped his role into a starting running back. They prepared for injuries, and even their backups are starting level quality, and that's why they're going to become the number one seed this weekend. Give me the Ravens. Next game is going to be another one that is absolutely vital for playoff hopes. This one in the NFC South, it's the Saints, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's talk about it. Buccaneers right now are 8-7. and seven. Saints have the exact flip-flop record at 7-8. and eight. So if the Saints win, then that would level the playing field at 8-8 eight and eight and would make it a toss-up of who may win this division. The first meeting went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so it's simple. If they win and the Falcons lose, that division is sealed off, put the caution tape up, and give it to Tampa Bay for the third consecutive year. What do I think is going to happen? I think that Tampa Bay is going to get it done again. We all doubted them when Tom Brady left this team left this team in a terrible position without a solidified running back. Todd Bowles was called upon to be the head coach. And they're flying. I mean, they're really taking off at the right time. Baker Mayfield looks like he did in his Cleveland days. Stats from the last three games for Baker Mayfield. 808 passing yards, 8 touchdowns, 0 interceptions. My God, that is the kind of quarterback I want on my team. Eight touchdowns to zero interceptions. That ratio in the month of December is nuts. And each of these games for the Bucks is so meaningful, you know, with them having to chase down these teams because they were behind the Saints. They were behind the Falcons a couple of weeks ago, and they had to claw their way back to get here. And Baker Mayfield has done such a nice job at leading this team back to the promised land, and the Bucks deserve it. The way that they've overcome difficulties this season, they deserve to win this division, and I think that they're going to get this win and take a huge step in doing so this weekend. The next game up on the slate here for Week 17 is the New England Patriots at the Buffalo Bills. This is a complicated one. You know, this promises to be the very last time that the Patriots... The Bill Belichick Patriots are going to play the Bills because all signs point to Bill Belichick leaving that situation this season, as we've heard in several interviews. Now, I just want to look at some numbers to, you know, justify how dominant the Patriots have been over the years against Buffalo. The record, including the win this season that the Patriots had over Buffalo, 37-8. and So in the 45 meetings, Bill Belichick has gotten the best of that team 37 times. The thing is, this time, the Patriots are at the opposite of the spectrum. They're fighting for draft position. 
hurt themselves a little bit with that win last week against the Broncos. So I think that they're going to be sensible and lose this game against Buffalo. And as for the Bills, they have everything to fight for. If the Dolphins lose, which I think that they will, to the Ravens, and the Bills win, that sets up the ideal game, Bills versus Dolphins, to decide the winner of the AFC East next week. And I think that that's exactly what's going to happen. I think that the Bills will get revenge on the horrible Bill Belichick that I know their fans have had so much pain at the hands of him over the years. I think that they'll get a small taste of revenge here and beat him in his final game coaching against this team in New England. So give me the Bills. The next game here is going to be the Arizona Cardinals with the Philadelphia Eagles. This is not going to be a long discussion. The Eagles should absolutely slaughter the Cardinals, who have nothing to play for. The Eagles had lost three games in a row heading into Christmas Day, and they didn't look that great against the Giants either. They let the Giants stay in that game. There was a Jalen Hurts pick six that screwed me in my fantasy. I'm out of the playoffs now. Thanks a lot, Jalen. Um, the defense didn't fare that well. The Giants put two quarterbacks in in each half, Tommy DeVito, Tyrod Taylor. They stopped Tommy DeVito, but Tyrod Taylor comes in, and all of a sudden, it's a problem for them. So it's not to say that they're on a great pace. The thing is that the Arizona Cardinals, at this time of year, have nothing to think about but rebuilding. They were without Kyler Murray, their star quarterback, for the majority of the season. They only have three wins on the season. And really, I don't think that there's a lot of talent on that roster that would be capable of pulling up an upset like this. So even though that the Eagles aren't playing their best brand of football, I think that they'll find out, find a way to win this football game. After that, we're going to take a trip down to Florida to see the Jaguars host the Carolina Panthers. And this one gets interesting, folks. Because last week, the Panthers surprised a lot of people and kept things awfully close against a contender in the Green Bay Packers. They only lost that game by a field goal. In other news, Bryce Young is coming off the best game of his career. 312 yards and two touchdown passes. As for the Jaguars quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, you gotta feel for him. In the last month, he suffered two injuries. One against the Cincinnati Bengals. One last week against the um, Buccaneers. And now, he has been ruled out as of today, in this game, which is just heartbreaking because the Jaguars have lost four games in a row. The exact opposite thing of what we saw last year from Jacksonville, their ability to get hot at the end of the season last year, is what propelled them into a playoff spot. They won their last five. Now they're in jeopardy of losing five in a row. And it's kind of a toss-up here without Trevor Lawrence. But the Jaguars are at home, and as we're seeing the recurring pattern here, where one team is eliminated and one team has something to fight for, I'm hesitant to do it, but I'm going to roll with the Trevor Lawrence-less Jaguars because they still have very real playoff aspirations, and they still lead the AFC South on a tiebreaker right now. they got to win this game, and then they're going to do it with their backup quarterback. I'm going to take Jacksonville. Now we're going to take a look at another game with insane playoff implications, the Las Vegas Raiders at the Indianapolis Colts. Starting off, let's talk about Vegas. They went out and kept their hopes alive with a gritty win on Christmas. 
their defense is just lights out, averaging under 13 points per game allowed in the month of December. They just halted the Chiefs' offense. They scored two defensive touchdowns in a span of seven seconds against the Chiefs, one fumble recovery, one pickoff against the defending MVP Patrick Mahomes. This Raiders' defense is hot. As for the Colts, they just lost to the Atlanta Falcons. So, they gave up over 20 points to a bottom 10 offense. That does not fill me with confidence. And when you look at this matchup, the Raiders, they're getting hot. The Colts, they're getting cold. Even though they're the underdog, I'm going to pick the hot team. The Raiders and that defense, led by Max Crosby, one of the best sack masters in this league, I cannot bet against them. I think they're going to go on the road. I think that they're going to get the win and get back up to 500 and keep their playoff hopes alive. As for the Colts, if they lose this game, there is still a chance, but it would be rough for them. My final pick is the Raiders. Now looking at a much more boring affair, it's going to be the LA Rams taking a trip to MetLife Stadium to play the Giants. I gotta take the Rams here. The Rams have won five out of their last six games. And more importantly, they got the deadly trio working. The deadly trio is, of course, the two wide receivers, Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup. Incredible duo. Working so well together the way that they gel. And it forces defenses to pick. Do I want my star corner to be on this guy? Do I want my star corner to be on this guy? Because whoever I have against my weaker corner is going to burn me. And then, if they want to take a break from the passing game, give Matthew Stafford's arm a little rest. They got Kyron Williams, the breakout running back, to turn to. And he's just sensational since he's been back from injury. He's one of the league's leading rushers. And he's missed a third of the season. It's, it's bonkers, really. His numbers. And as for the poor Giants, they are eliminated from playoff contention. And the news that shocked me the most coming out of the Giants organization this week is that Tommy DeVito will not be the starter. They're going to Tyrod Taylor. You know, it really confuses me because Tyrod Taylor is a 30-something-year-old quarterback that has zero shot at being a starter next year. When you look at Tommy DeVito, I mean, he had people wrapped around his finger. He's getting commercials he is getting sponsorships he's getting paid 10 grand to appear at a taco store i mean you don't get that kind of publicity unless you play some good damn football and there's no denying that he had star games against the green bay packers he almost beat the jets in his first game he managed to get a win against the patriots in a low scoring affair but he still got that win and there was a stretch where he won three in a row. To come in as an undrafted quarterback and have the kind of success that he's had is unreal. And I think a graphic that Fox showed on Christmas says something about this kid that I couldn't put in any other words. He has three wins in his career, which has been less than a full season. And that already ties him for the record of any undrafted quarterback in all-time wins. And he's not even played a full season. So if I was the Giants, I would ride out with Tommy DeVito. He's been your guy. You might as well see what you have in him and see if you want to keep him around. Instead, you're shooting his confidence in the foot by benching him for this guy. I mean, what is the point? If you think Tyrod Taylor gives you the best chance to win, which he might, 
So what? There's no reason for the Giants to go and win a meaningless game when you could be getting valuable minutes to your rookie quarterback who's done honestly better than your $40 million a year guy in Daniel Jones. So I don't understand the decision. Regardless, the Rams, who are currently in a wildcard spot, need to win to keep that uh, wildcard spot afloat. They're going to get the job done. But still, the Giants' decision concerns me. Now we're moving on to another game that, if you thought that one was going to be lopsided, this one honestly takes the cake. It's the 49ers and the Washington Commanders. I've mentioned it a lot of times this season, and I'm sorry if you get tired of hearing it, but I got to see it for a full 60 minutes last week against the New York Jets, but the Commanders do not have a pass rush. There's no denying that the Jets have probably the worst offensive line in all of football. And they looked amazing on Sunday. And oh, I wonder why. It's because the Washington Commanders traded their second overall pick, Chase Young, to the 49ers, who will be playing his former team in this game. And they traded Montez Sweat to the Chicago Bears. That's their two best pass rushers. They've dealt with a couple others a couple other injuries on that defensive front. And they just have nobody to try and take down the quarterback. So no wonder the Jets put up 28 points against this team. 30 points, actually, against this team. And won this game. So they ha I definitely think that the 49ers are going to win this game if I didn't say that already. It's obvious who's going to win. But we just talked about something with Tommy DeVito that I want to talk about again. Because NFC East teams have their brains in the freaking toilet. Because again, we're seeing Jacoby Brissett this 30-something-year-old quarterback getting the nod to start instead of Sam Howell. Let me remind you that for over 10 weeks this year, Sam Howell led the entire National Football League in passing yards. He's had 400 passing yard games. He's had back-to-back 300-something -back passing yard games. He's had four touchdown passing games against the Philadelphia Eagles. He has given this team a chance offensively when they've done everything to take away from that defense and trade away their season. Yet they're turning to Jacoby Brissett to start this game. Another mind-boggling move where Sam Howell could be the starter here next year, they're going and turning to Jacoby Brissett just because the rookie gets cold. It does not make a sense to put in a vet quarterback that could give you a better chance to win when at this point in the season, eliminated teams should be focusing on developing young QBs. So the Giants and Tommy DeVito and the Commanders and Sam Howell, I don't know why they're not starting those rookies. But again, in a similar situation to the Giants, it's not going to make a difference who they start in terms of the outcome of the game. That'll go to the Niners. But still, the Giants and Commanders should know better. All right, enough talking trash about Washington. Let's talk about the first afternoon game taking place at 4.05 it is a big one. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers going to the Northwest to play the Seattle Seahawks. In this one, I like Seattle. Geno Smith finally is healthy. He had a shoulder injury, and then he had a back injury that saw him flat on a table for a week. And for some reason, the Seahawks insisted on playing him. But then, a couple weeks ago, the Seahawks finally turned to Drew Locke, gave Geno Smith the two full weeks of rest that he needs, and they won 
not only the game against the Eagles with their backup quarterback, but on two full weeks of rest, which Geno Smith needed, he turned around and won last week's game against Tennessee. He looked pretty good. He was spreading the ball around the field. He had three receivers that caught 50 or more receiving yards. So he's looking pretty good. As for the Steelers, they did get an impressive win against Cincinnati Bengals. But, you know, I don't think they're going to go out west and have the same success. It's kind of been the George Pickens show. He had 195 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns last week against Cincinnati, which is great for him and great for him individually. But there's a particular guy on Seattle, one of the best cornerbacks in this league, and that is Reek Woolen, formerly known as Tariq Woolen, the first-round pick. Um, I think he's going to do wonders against George Pickens, lock him down throughout this game. And without George Pickens having a field day, I don't see how the Steelers are going to win this one. So give me the Seahawks to come out on top. Now shifting our focus to a rematch of the AFC Championship. It's going to be the Bengals. It's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs in a monstrous outing in Arrowhead. Now, the Cincinnati Bengals, like I just mentioned, took a hard loss to the Steelers. Their playoff hopes took a dip from 60% to about 30%. So they're playing with a lot of desire. As for the Chiefs, they got to be tired of losing. They have lost three out of four games including losses to the Raiders and the Packers, who have losing records. So I think they're kind of tired of losing. And another thing is the Chiefs have failed to clinch the AFC West. If the Chiefs lose out and the Broncos or Raiders win out, then they're not going to be the divisional champs and could miss out on the playoffs altogether. So there's desire on both sides here. And when I look at these rosters... Am I going to take the Mahomes-led Super Bowl defending champions? Or am I going to take the Jake Browning-led Bengals, who just lost to a third string? I'm going to take the Chiefs. Come on now. The Chiefs are going to get this. They're going to improve to a 10-6 and record and clinch their division. Give me the Chiefs at home. Now we're going to take a look at our last game of the afternoon on... New Year's Eve, and that's going to be the Chargers at the Denver Broncos. Honestly, I'm going to take the Chargers to win this game. The Broncos had their playoff destiny in their hands. Everything was breaking right for them last week. The Bengals lost. The Texans lost. The Colts lost. The Jaguars lost. All these teams around them lost. And all they had to do was win. Against the Patriots, the 3-11 and 11 Patriots was their opponent on Christmas Eve, and they failed. They somehow lost to this team, and now Sean Payton has literally lost his mind because he has benched Russell Wilson, the guy that's been so good all season, the guy that has really had a resurgence, controlled his passing numbers. I'm looking him them up right now because he has one of the best touchdown-to-interceptions ratios. 26 touchdowns, 8 interceptions is the ratio. Impeccable numbers. But, you know, they collapsed against the Patriots late on, and he's getting benched for Jarrett Stidham. 
Jared Siddham was a rookie, I believe, four years ago. Originally started his career with the Patriots. Then he shifted over to the Raiders, where he played a couple of games as a backup. He's had no success. Okay, he's never won a game as a starter. And now the opposition here, the LA Chargers, are kind of hot. They finally rid themselves of the disease that Brandon Staley was to this team. He held them back, and he held this offense back with dumb fourth down calls, dumb fake punts, horrible game and clock management. And now they got a new coach, they got a new quarterback in there as Easton Stick. And Easton Stick, in his second start, looked good. He played the Buffalo Bills at home, and he made that game competitive down to the dying seconds, where the Bills kicked a game-winning field goal. The Chargers had a lead in this game, they looked promising in this game, and now they're going to go out and play a deflated Broncos side. And you know what? They're going to get the W. So give me the Chargers to upset the Broncos and completely kill the Broncos' aspirations at a playoff spot. Now, finally, we look into the final game, not only of Week 17, but the final game of 2023. It's going to take place on New Year's Eve, an 8:20 kickoff. This will be the perfect thing to watch before I watch the ball drop with my family. So I'll take this opportunity to once again wish everybody a fantastic New Year's celebration. I hope all of you have had a wonderful 23, 2023 as we welcome in the new year. So let's talk about this final game. They picked a good one, too. It's the Packers at the Vikings. Both teams have a 7-8 and eight record, and both teams are fighting for a wildcard spot. If the season ended today, both teams would be one game out. But this game is going to do wonders for no matter who wins it. The winner is going to have the tiebreaker over the other head-to-head and will basically be impassable by the other team. It's really tough for me to pick because the Packers, they went out last week against the worst team in the NFL, the Carolina Panthers, and gave up 30 points and nearly lost. As for the Vikings, they've just been bitten big time by the injury bug. Of course, at quarterback, they lost Kirk Cousins for the season. Then they insert Joshua Dobbs, who had a couple insane games and got them to a really high mark at 7-4, and four, but then collapsed. And then they had to kind of spiral out of control. They went to Jaron Hall, who also got injured. Then they went to Nick Mullins, who did bad enough to get benched. And now they are returning to Jaron Hall, going to be their fourth starting quarterback of the year. They also have injuries to TJ Hawkinson, who is out for the season. And Jordan Addison, the rookie receiver, is week to week. He's doubtful in my mind to play this week. And I would give the Vikings the nod at home. I truly would, and I was thinking about picking them. But then I looked at something that kind of caught me by surprise. When I look at a rookie quarterback, I look at the running backs to take some pressure off of the quarterback. And Ty Chandler, who's become the number one running back in Minnesota, had only 17 total rushing yards last week against the Lions. Whereas Aaron Jones had over 100 rushing yards against Carolina. And that kind of disparity in the run game is enough for me to give the Packers the win here on the road. I'm sorry, Vikings fans, but this year was just not your year year with the tough schedule and the injuries. So I'm going to have to pick the Green Bay Packers to ruin the Vikings' playoff chances and get this all-important victory. 
Another thing worth noting is the Vikings won the first head-to-head -head meeting, and the Packers would obviously need to win this to split. Every single year, the Vikings and Packers have split since 2019, so I think that that trend will continue, and the Packers will be victorious. And yeah, that is going to wrap up a thrilling and exciting Week 17. I wish all of you guys Happy New Year and Happy Holidays, and as always, I appreciate you tuning in to the podcast. I'll catch you next time. I'm Jeffrey DeLappy, signing out.